Welcome to the Clyde Drexler episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, a.k.a. episode 22. I know Elgin Baylor is definitely the GOAT of 22, but for this one, I just decided to go with the one that pops in my head right away, and that is Clyde the Glide Drexler. But anyways, my name is Logan Wortman. I don't think I said that at the beginning, but uh, I'm joined by our good friend and colleague, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how's it going? It is going quite great for me here. New Year's getting kicked off. We're well underway. It's uh, it's it's going awesome. Happy, happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so the plan for today's episode is I have a Nuggets corner that I already have recorded that will play here in a little while. But we decided uh, that for a little intro here, we're gonna we're gonna uh, switch things up a bit, switch the order of things, and do our trivia game that we've been doing at the end of the last few episodes. We're gonna move that to the front here. Um, so. I'll turn it over to Jacob because he has some players for me to guess based off of some some things, some clues. I'm going to have to try to guess who they are, basically. Yep. So, yeah, he pretty much nailed it. We'll start. I just do what I go is I Google random NBA player generator, and then if it's three people that kind of sort of work, and what I mean by that is if there's a player that is, for example, we so we give them college and then team they got drafted by and then team they currently play for and more hints if it's needed after that. So let's say that it said like Lower Marion. That would not be difficult. So we would re-roll that random player generator. That would be Kobe <laughs> Bryant for all they're listening. It would be very apparent yeah. who that one was. So to start things off, we are going to just start right here and go with... Are you kidding me? Is this another player that didn't go to college? G- give me their height first. Let's start there. Oh, you want to go height? Okay. Yeah, just since you don't know if they went to college They did go to college, I found it. It just took me a little bit. But okay, they are a whopping 6'11". Maxi Kleba. (laughs) I think he's 6'10", actually, but that's my guess. It is not Maxi Kleba. They attended the University of Texas A&M, where they were an Aggie. Mm, Oh, Texas A&M. Yes, sir. I, I I thought you stopped at Texas there. Um... Texas A&M, 6'11". Robert Williams isn't that tall. And I'm, I've um, also... Um, I re-roll Celtics because I realized I was listening back. I've accidentally picked like a bunch of Celtics-adjacent players. Like just through randomness or when I pick one. So, um, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> so, this isn't... Wait, is this it's a Celtics? It's not Robert Williams. So, that's it's not Robert okay. Williams. But you knew that because he's not that tall. But it still potentially is someone that has Celtics ties. Potentially. Okay. 6'11". Or though. they don't. That's for you to decide. Yeah. it's. I just can't think of somebody that's that tall from Texas A&M off the top of my head. Can you uh, give me another clue? Like the year they were drafted or something? Uh, would you like... I'll give you... Hold on. I think... I'm pretty sure I know. But I always want to make sure and then we have the power of editing on our side. Ah, oh, dang it. I thought they lost to a different team than they did. Um, They got drafted in 2008 in the second round. Wow. From A&M. I would have never guessed that this was a second round player. That's me, though. That's not someone that, like, really not, but, like, this is a non, this is a significant person to a certain extent across the NBA. Okay. Like they've been they've been an active player all of these the years since two thousand and eight. They're still active. They are still all the the first three are still active. Our like I'm gonna try and make it so our first three are always still active. Our fourth one is either out of the league or a like throwback throwback. Hmm. Okay. So he's still active from the '08 draft. Who was in the '08 draft? That would have been. That was the year before Harden and Curry and them. That was the year after KD. So is the Russ Russ Westbrook and Kevin Love? Can't think of it. Oh, uh, Derek Rose. That was Derek Rose draft. Six eleven. 
person from then who's still active. That it's that's what's messing with me. I just need to think of the biggest, oldest guys in the league because this guy has to be really old. It's not Lamarcus Aldridge who went to Texas. Andre Drummond isn't that old. Can you give me what conference that they're in? The West. Actually, no, the West. I was going to give a, a deeper hint, but no. They are in the Western Conference. Have been in the Western Conference for the majority of their career when they've played for seven different teams. JaVale McGee? No. Okay. I don't think he's quite... I mean, he's old, but I don't know if he was 2008 old. Would you like the drafted buy? Because I think you get it pretty rapidly after the drafted buy. I don't know if I want it rapidly. I kind of want to get little tiny clues to get okay. me closer. Okay. Um, they are part of one of the most viral, clippable moments in NBA's recent history. DeAndre Jordan. Yes, sir. Was that more obvious than if I would have said Clippers? Probably not. Okay. If you would have said Clippers, I probably still would have got DJ right away. No, okay, I just because I was he, like, he's I was, on the Nuggets. Yeah, that's that's why I was laughing because I was like, and what I meant by he's been like, he was never faded into obscurity. Like, he like has always not been the best center in the league, but like, he was a part of that Brooklyn Nets team, and he he had legit playing minutes when they were like kind of a problem. He was like he had legit minutes on that Lakers team. This is probably the most insignificant role he's had. And is what he's been doing for the Nuggets this year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or I should have said I, he, he was really his... he was a problem on the Clippers. He's been not near that level ever since. Yeah. he's left well, LA. When you but... lose when you lose Chris Paul, that would hurt. Like you know, when you're a main facilitator, yeah. and then also he was six eleven's tall, but he's also like a freak athlete or was. Athlete, and when yeah. you, when you get older, that makes it a lot harder to. To make things like that work. Especially when you have no semblance of a shot at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I probably should have started with this one. In terms of ease. But oh, I'm still going to go with it anyway. Because uh, the college does not really help. Oh, you want height first. Six foot two. Oh, you're going to pull. Six two. You're going to immediately say it. I'm going to be so mad. If you don't, it's fine. You, I just would not okay. be shocked if you just go... And then just have their name. That made me so mad. Is the college uh, like a dead giveaway? Did you say that? No, the college would. I would not consider it a dead giveaway. It's a blue blood. The college is a blue blood, so it is not like. Oh, okay. There's only. Two I was guys thinking that, Steph or Dame. Like oh, I was thinking that like both a, of them would be. Or CJ McCollum. Yeah. Like those would be dead giveaways, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not like the, it's it's a blue blood. It's one of those. UNC, Duke, Syracuse, Kentucky type of schools. Okay. Okay, that helps. I may Six or two. may not have just said their school, so that's also up for you to decide. Mm-hmm. Terry Rogier. No. Louisville. I th- I thought you were you didn't say the school on purpose. Nope. I would see I <laughs> kept it mysterious. Would you like the school now? Uh yeah. Duke. Six two from Duke. One of the Joneses probably. Uh, Tyus Jones. Nope. Trey Jones? No, I did say that this would be easier than... I thought it would be easier than DeAndre Drummond. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not DeAndre... DeAndre Jordan, not Drummond, obviously. Yeah. Because that wasn't the first one. I think the net at this point is still pretty wide. Yes. With DJ, the net wasn't very wide, but I couldn't think of him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, He has played for three teams. He's played for three teams. He's 6'2". He's from Duke. That's what you said, right, Duke? Duke. Oh, uh, Kyrie. Yep. It okay. is Kyrie. Because I figured that, like, you, like, have your little catalog of heights in your brain. And, like, mm-hmm. good players would be at the top of it. So, I'm like, if he just yeah. throws out a six foot two, who's at the top of my list, I would have been so just, not angry, but I would have been just <laughs> gouched. Okay. Yeah. Next one stands at a perfect height of six foot four. Jamal Murray. No, they are younger than Jamal Murray. Oh, we could turn the game into that. Or your guesses and then I like... It's like Purtle. And I point in a direction kind of, just vaguely. They're younger than Jamal Murray. Younger than Jamal, okay. 
six foot four, Jalen Suggs. It's not Jalen Suggs. They play in the opposite conference from Jalen Suggs. Don't they call him? Yeah. They play in the I guess they play in the Western Conference. There's only two. It's not like I'm giving yeah. away any crazy hints. They play in the Western <laughs> Conference. Yeah. Six four Western Conference. Anthony Edwards. What is the hint that I jumped from Anthony Edwards? They did not go to college in the SEC like Anthony Edwards did. They went to a different Power Five conference college. Okay. Six four in the West. Anthony Simons. I need to make sure that I I know who Anthony Simons is, but I don't want to say like, here's the hint, and then have it be just so wrong. It's not even funny. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'll give you that they are not in the uh, Northwestern Division. Okay. They're in a different division than Anthony Simons. Desmond Bain. Okay. So I'm just trying to think of things. The only thing that I can find is they were both born in June of different years. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan Poole went... Oh my goodness! Gosh Jordan Poole is 6'4"? Dang it! I I thought Jordan Poole was 6'3". No, I was I, thinking. About, I I'm thought of so, Jordan Poole. Multiple. I'm so. I'm gonna find you another one. I'm so pissed. What? It's in okay. The- <laughs> I yeah. I thought of Jordan Poole multiple times. While I was sifting through players, but for some reason, I kept thinking, no, he's he's a little bit shorter. Every place has like different heights for everybody. So yeah, I'm going off a of basketball but, reference whenever I give heights. Uh, okay, that's good to know because that yeah that they're usually a tiny bit taller than. Some of the other places. Um, oh, this is a great one. This is a great one. They stand at six foot three. Six foot three. John Wall. No. They play the same position as John Wall if you consider John Wall the point guard shooting guard. Which he kind of is. Okay. Sort of. So... This person is a 6'3 combo guard. Combo's the term, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 6'3. CJ McCollum. They are. I need six- to be thinking about he didn't go to college. You know, that, that was kind of a hint that you gave me at yeah. the beginning. I need to think of that. Um, so he might be European. Or somebody I just said earlier, an Anthony Simons. It is not Anthony Simons. Mm. This person has played for two teams in their entire career. Both in the Eastern Conference. Okay, so six foot three combo guard, Eastern Conference, only played for two teams. Bradley Beals only played for one team and he went to college. I'm having trouble thinking of people who didn't go to college. Uh uh Well this wouldn't be Goran Dragic either, because he He's been on multiple teams besides the Heat and the Raptors or whatever. Oh, this person did go to college. It just was under the drop down box. Okay. I'm so I I'm so mad at myself. I'm failing as it's, a game show host. It's okay. Usually I have all their stats written down and I didn't today. Yeah, we this was more of a spontaneous thing. Six three in the East. Uh, he's only played for two teams. Man, that's a that's a tough little. I guess. Would you like his college? I don't think it necessarily gives it away. Okay, give me the college. Villanova. Oh, Villanova six three. Ryan Archie Diakono. Yeah, I did. I guess I'm just the stupid one, but yeah, <laughs> it is. Ryan Archidiacono. Yeah, the the two places really helped me there. When I was thinking of Villanova guys, I was like, a Villanova player who's a point guard who's only played in the East for two teams. Okay, yeah. so this last one is a throwback. Okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to give you a couple hints because it is a little bit obscure. All right. Not a lot a bit obscure, but a little bit obscure. Okay. So, they played from 85 to 2001. 
85. To 2001. So they had a long... So the 84, 85 season? The... They were taken in the 1985 draft, the first draft of the lottery era. And they played through 2001. The 2000-2001 scene. It is not Patrick Ewing. This person hasn't appeared in an episode of Parks and Rec. He's appeared in an episode of Parks and Rec? That left shrimp. Doctor, I didn't think you'd watch the show. I thought that was just gonna be a fun fact that you'd be like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Yeah, it is. You think I've ever seen Parks and Rec? (laughs) I didn't think that you would just remember Detlef Shrimp was in this. So is Trash Roy Hibbert, Trash Man Roy Hibbert. But it's only Indiana Pacers. There's only two of them. Um, I've got another one that's even way more random. This is more for fun. I don't know if this one's gonna be even attainable. Um. But, okay, but I know I'd who like this challenge. is. They were they were part of the 2003 draft. Leandro Barbosa. No. Okay. Was it that is, close? Um. You only, made a face like. <laughs> only that their name shares a letter, two letters, I guess. Okay, LB. Maybe, maybe it's maybe okay. it's uh bar B A. Maybe it's okay O S. Or is there OS in Barbosa? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they were drafted. The first team they played for was the Orlando Magic. Jameer Nelson? No. Okay. There's, they stand at six foot five. Six foot five. Oh, three draft. Started with the Magic. Had multiple stints with the Magic. 2003 to 2004 and 2006 to 2009. Journeyman, hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Keon Dooling. <laughs> no, this, pl- this player went to Kentucky from 1999 to 2003. Six five. So he's older, coming in. They lost um, to Dwayne Wade's Marquette squad in the Elite Eight. Oh. Looking at this player now, I'm a little bit worried that they have more significance than they do to the real NBA, uh, just because of NBA 2K14. They have more significance to you. Yeah. You mean? They, they were in the league for a decade. Like, they weren't just a flash in the pan in the 03 draft. Like, they were in the league for a while. They averaged just shy seven points as a rookie, started about half of his games his second year. So he was around and played, but... Rodney Stuckey. No. They were drafted by the Magic. The last team they played for was the Celtics slash Westchester Knicks. He was also, he played for the Nets, but when they made the transition from New Jersey to Brooklyn in 2012-2013. He was on that team? He was on the team that year. I For some reason, my, I'm, I know that team really well. Because I think on NBA TV, they did like a reality type show oh. about them. Shooting guard, shooting guard, small forward. Second round pick in 2003. Can you give me his weight? His listed weight? <laughs> 215. 6 foot 5, 215. Born on May 12th of 1980. So he's 42 now. Wore the numbers 3, 10, 6, and 4. The number what of number my- was he on the, on the nets? On the Nets squad. That will be a little bit of digging. Let me go find out. It should show you, if you hover over the jersey, what team oh. it's for. Oh. Okay, it was it was 10. 10. 10 for the majority of his career. I know this player as the number 10. <laughs> okay, so what is it? What's his... You said his rookie year average was like seven points. What's his like career average? Okay. He averaged 6.3 points per game. 
Did he shoot threes a lot? Is he like a three and D guy? Um, never. He averaged three three pointers per game. Shot about shot thirty five percent from the three point line. But if you think of the era, that's an okay three, not great, but an okay three yeah. point shooter. Um, mm-hmm. let me look at his yeah, steals. Three and D guy. Um, didn't translate to steals. This player is not yeah. really significant in NBA history. Um, they're bald, like a milk dud level bald head. They got a great name. That's half the reason when I saw him on the random player generator, I picked him. What teams have has he played for? Total? Okay, I will go through all of them in chronological order. Orlando, Charlotte, Houston, Orlando again, Milwaukee, the Spurs, Chicago, the Nets, and Boston, and then the Westchester Knicks. Michael Pietras? No. I don't know how else to help because I'm the one that I'm messing this up. I don't know. No, it's okay. It's okay. I This is just a hard player for me to get for some reason. They're from Maryland. They went to DeMatha Catholic High School. They were the second overall rec- rated recruit in 1999 when he went to Kentucky. Oh. Big high school. He's a second. Okay. This isn't Rajah Bell, is it? He he didn't say sons anywhere in there. Bald guy. He was sandwiched in high school rankings in between Donnell Harvey or Donnell Harvey and Jay Williams, who sometimes I forget actually played basketball. Sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So bald dude. Like it's not Richard Jefferson. He shares, he shares initials with one of the greatest shooting guards of all time. MJ or KB. One of those two. Or do you want me to tell you because this is so difficult? No, I'm okay with thinking from there. It's one of those two. Man, I just. Okay, so is his first name Michael? No. His first name is not Michael. His middle name is Ramon. <laughs> How many syllables is his last name? Two. Is it Johnson? Nope. Is it is not Jordan? Nope. Well, it's not MJ. It's Kobe Bryant. He shares an issue oh, with Kobe it is? Bryant. Okay. Okay, thank you for taking me down that way instead. I really thought, I don't know, I I knew this guy was never good, but I will never forget this person even before this, even before this interaction. This guy was a second round pick, 43rd overall. I was thinking Brevin Knight, but that's BK. Well, it's not Brevin Knight, so that would would be correct that it is wrong. You said he has a great... And yeah, the last name. I find his soldiers. name entertaining because it's a it, their words, like or they just sound funny. They're just kind of fun. I don't know. Is it like exotic, or is it like a no, no? It's not really exotic at all. It's it's pretty just cut and dry. Oh okay. Is is last name Boston, or no? But it starts with a B O. Okay, Bond Temps. <laughs> His top scoring event ever was in a 107 to 105 loss to the Utah Jazz in 2004, where he put up 28 points at the age of 24 years and 188 days. <laughs> Is it Ba or Bo when you start to say it? I wish I knew. Oh. In other words, okay, so his last name kind of looks like a different name. And in the other, in one of the words, like in that name, it goes Bo. It would say, read Bo. Okay. But in, I could, I wouldn't be surprised if it's wrong, but I would, the way that I read it, I say first name, 
Bo, rest of the last name. Bogans. Keith Bogans. It's Keith Bogans. Okay, wow. I don't know why that player is so sick. I know who that is, though. Yeah. Man. Dang it. What, yeah, the weird thing, when I said Brevin Knight, I feel like like the face of Keith Bogans. Of, of like Keith Bogans came in my head. And I was like, and I said Brevin Knight, and it sounded like that wasn't. I was like, that's not his name. I know that Brevin Knight is a different player, but yeah. Wow. Okay. Do you, you want wanna, another one? Or yeah. Try to try to end on like a middle a of nice, the road, simple one. Yeah. Maybe keep it current. Yep, that's what I was looking through current ones. Okay. Um. Seven foot. Seven foot, still playing. Embiid. Nope. Is it Joel? Nope. Well, you made a face like well, that. Well, no, because I read this person's middle name. Oh, okay. Just happened at the same time that I said it. Embiid. Okay, so is there a arrow hint from Embiid, I guess? They both went to Big 12 schools. Seven foot from Big 12 Oh, okay. I guess I can help because college isn't... Miles Turner? No. But I believe they attended the same school as Miles Turner. Jared Allen. They both play in the East. Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. Okay. Muhammad Fakaba Mabamba. Or sorry... Muhammad <laughs> F-A-K-A-B-A Fakaba Bamba. Muhammad Fakaba Bamba. That is a great name. That is, that is why my face went. Mm. When, uh, yeah. Mo Bamba. But that, that's all I've got for the game today. I'll be more prepared okay. for the next one. Uh, AKA, <laughs> no, that, that was great. <laughs> I just didn't think... It was. It, well, I, I knew that Keith Bogans was going to be hard. I just didn't think it was going to be... The big doozy. The name of Keith Bogans, I just really had to dig deep in the recesses of my mind <laughs> to pull that out. But, yeah. No, that was fun. That was fun. It was a good game. So, yeah. Now that you guys have suffered through that, um, <laughs> you can go right ahead and listen to Nuggets Corner. I'll see you guys there. All right. Welcome into Nuggets Corner. I'm recording this on Monday, January 16th. So the past week that we're looking at is ever since the 9th. But just to give a bit of an overview, I guess, of the Nuggets season recently, I was taking a good long look at Cleaning the Glass earlier today, which is a great website, lots of good stats on there, and they make sure to filter out all the garbage time, give you a better look at what these teams are actually like when they're playing competitively, playing their actual rotations. And so on the season, the Nuggets have a plus 4.6 point differential, which is third in the NBA. Our offensive rating, if you listened to last episode, um, at that point we were number one in the league. We had just passed Boston, who had been in the first place spot for basically this whole year. So they just passed us back up slightly. But honestly, I would be curious to see if that even would have happened if uh, we didn't have a game without Jokic this week, where we you know dipped offensively quite a bit. But anyways, we have... Uh, the second best offensive rating in the league then at 119.3. So that's only 0.2 points per 100 possessions behind Boston at 119.5. And then defensively, uh, where we've been dog water this entire season, um, we're getting slightly better. I think we were around the 28th spot at our very worst, but you know, definitely hovered around the 26 to 27 range for a bit. Um, but now we are in the 20th place in defense in the NBA at a 114.8 defensive rating. Obviously, the lower the number, the better for defense because it's just going by points per 100 possessions. And in terms of win-loss record, we are second in the NBA with a 30-13 and 13 record behind only the Celtics once again. And the Celtics are at 33-12, and 12, just FYI. But just over the last two weeks... Uh, we've got some different numbers going on, looking a lot better. Honestly, we're trending upwards. So in point differential over the past two weeks, 
which is the only other time frame that clean the glass automatically shows you on the front page and like the, the league summary. So that is the only reason I'm using that time frame specifically. I'm not cherry picking, you know, the best window or anything like that. But over the last two weeks, we are first in point differential at plus 15.1 points per 100. And for those that don't know, there's around roughly 100 possessions per game in an average NBA game this season and over the last few years now. So that means that we're basically beating teams over the last two weeks by an average of 15.1 points per game. And so then obviously our offensive rating has to be through the roof, um, which it is at 124.7. So just under 125 points per 100, which is very surprisingly the second offensive rating in the NBA. It's not first. And that's really just because the Kings decided to have the best offensive two-week stretch probably in NBA history. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but but that's definitely the highest number that I've ever remembered seeing when I've looked at these. So, And that's at 129.4. So yeah, the Kings have been on fire recently, offensively speaking, because in that same stretch, they are 22nd in the league on defense. Uh, but the Nuggets, for instance are actually third in the NBA on defense, very surprisingly, over the past two weeks. Um, so f- further reinforcing the theory that, you know, we kind of talked about last week with Michael Porter Jr., uh, pretty, like, well-known for being not good on defense. But when he's been in our lineup this year is when we've been very good on defense. And when he's been out, we've been, like, one of the worst teams in the league on defense. So... That's continuing now because Porter, you know, he's just come back within maybe just over the last two weeks. And so the last two weeks have definitely been him more back into looking himself, I guess. And so that number, I don't remember if I said it, but uh, the defensive rating that we're third in the league for the past two weeks is 109.6, which if that was just in the normal season, that would actually be second in the NBA if that were, you know, our defensive rating all season. And then uh, win-loss record-wise, I guess over the past two weeks, we are tied for the third spot with a 6-1 and one record. I think Memphis is 6-0 and oh over the past two weeks, and somebody else is 7-1, and one, I'm pretty sure. And that is Boston. Who else? And so I guess with that, we'll jump into the games. So first of all, Monday, January 9th, it was Lakers at Nuggets which was a victory, obviously, because I don't remember if I've mentioned this specifically. I know we said I said the record over the past two weeks was 6-1, and one, but the record over the past week is 4-0. So we're only looking at wins this time. So yeah, the Nuggets beat the Lakers at home, 122-109. Uh, on the Lakers side, there was no Anthony Davis or LeBron, uh, both out with injury, which 80, you know, he has been for a while. LeBron's been in and out. Uh, one thing I had written down for this game was Russell Westbrook off the bench question mark. Like, obviously I know that he's been coming off the bench most of the season now. Uh, and I definitely understand that choice and support that choice when the Lakers are fully healthy, but I thought it was extremely odd when LeBron's out to continue to bring Russell off the bench. You know, if AD's out, I still, I'm like 50, 50 more. So like, I'm like, okay, it's still, I, I don't mind the idea of oh just keeping the same rotation with Russ and the bench unit just keep him on the bench but then if LeBron's out even if Anthony Davis is still in you know if LeBron's out I like Russ should be the person to fill that LeBron role in the in the starting lineup I feel like there's nobody else better qualified to be you know that that ball handler engine of the offense just seems like an odd choice to do it like that I'm honestly wondering if it's just because Russell Westbrook wants to like he he's his goal this season has become the six man of the year award. So he just wants to make sure that he gets as many games off the bench as possible to make his case as solid as he can, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, Russ came off the bench in this game, played 31 minutes, had 25, 7, and 7, 10 of 21 from the field, and seven turnovers also. And, you know, they, the Lakers played uh, quite a bit of different players than usual with having those guys out. So Thomas Bryant played a pretty good game. I think Max Christie started even. 
But yeah, looking at the Nuggets side, though, Jokic played 35 minutes, 14 points, 11 rebounds, 16 assists, 5 of 5 from the floor. And then Jamal Murray played 36 minutes, scored 34 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 13 of 29. So almost took 30 shots. You know, Jokic was definitely delegating to him, which is really good to see. Jokic, you know, trying to give Murray that confidence back, you know, trying to continue to get him adjusted to being healthy and playing on the NBA court. And Michael Porter Jr. was plus 13 in 26 minutes, 12.7 rebounds. And then the other guy on the Nuggets I want to mention was KCP, who was a game high plus 18 in 31 minutes, scored 16 points. And a quick look at the bench also, Bruce Brown, Vlatko Chanchar, and Bones Highland all played some big minutes off the bench. Bruce Brown was a plus three, 15.7 rebounds, six of 11 in 27 minutes. Vlatko was a plus seven in 26 minutes. He didn't put up like a lot of counting stats, but his presence is definitely always felt on both ends of the floor. I really like me some Vlatko Chanchar. I even got a shirt recently that says Vlatko Chanchar is good. It was definitely worth the $30. And then Bones is a plus two, 12 points, 19 minutes. So yeah, overall not that eventful of a game, but because it was the Lakers, I think it might have been nationally televised. I can't remember now if it was on ESPN or not. Um, But people definitely were talking about it on ESPN the next day, going through Jokic's 16 assists, which I believe is a season high. But yeah, this was like a very... Like Jokic didn't seem to be doing anything out of the ordinary. This game probably could have had even more assists, if I'm being honest. And then on Wednesday, the 11th, we had the Suns at home. Won that game, obviously, 126-97. to So this was another not great uh, matchup because there was no Chris Paul or Devin Booker on the Suns. And for that matter, there was no like even DeAndre Ayton or Landry Shamit. And Cam Johnson's still out. I don't even think I remember campaign playing. So both the cams were out. And Jay Crowder obviously has not been playing at all this season. Uh, so, yeah, the Suns were basically, like, completely depleted. It feels like a little bit of a revenge, honestly. But I wish it would happen to them in the playoffs against us, like it did the other way around two years ago. But to be fair, this is they definitely are missing more guys than we did in the playoff series, I guess. But we were probably around this same level as depleted towards the end of the regular season though that year. And so then Monte Morris and Will Barton and I think a couple other guys maybe coming back. Wait, I think Monte wasn't even around for that series. If I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even, I think he was still injured. I think Will Barton was the only one that really came back because our starting backcourt was Faku Campazzo and Austin Rivers. And then Will Barton was on a minutes restriction by the time he came back, which was like game three, I think. And, you know, he only played like 20 something minutes off the bench in the rest of that series. And while like in his minutes on the floor, it was clear like, oh, wow, this definitely would have given the Nuggets something that they were missing um, if he would have been in the starting lineup. But yeah, anyways, not to relive bad memories, but the Suns are yeah definitely struggling right now without any other guys and even the clean and glass league summary has them ranked at 16th in the NBA because that goes by uh, point differential is how it ranks them which they are a plus 0.4 but their win-loss record is 21 and 23 but yeah shout out to Tory Craig who played for the Suns in this game he's probably normally like the eighth guy on this team but he was the leading scorer in this one with 16 points, 5 rebounds, 6 of 6 from the field, 3 of 3 from 3, um, and 23 minutes. So shout out to Tory Craig, former Nugget. I don't know if I said that or not, but yeah, played his first few seasons with the Nuggets. So on the Nugget side of things, we had Jokic with 28 minutes played. Uh, he got 21, 18, and 9 on 10 of 15 shooting. And then KCP played 27 minutes, and he was a game high, plus 26 with 15 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 5 of 7 from the floor, 4 of 5 from 3. And then off the bench, we got Bones with 21 points, 4 assists, 5 of 7 from 3 in 24 minutes. And then our guy Zeke, Zeke Naji, with 15 points, 6 of 9 in 20 minutes, playing in his home... I don't know. I, I was about to say home state, but I don't know where he's from originally. I just know he obviously went to college at the University of Arizona. 
And this game was in Denver also, so I don't know why I said that. But Zeke's been playing really well lately. Happy to see that. And then on Friday, January 13th, the Nuggets at the Clippers this time. So this was a road game. Um, and we won 115-103. to 103. And this one was especially interesting because there's no Nikola Jokic. And the Nuggets really won this game in the third and fourth, to be honest. Jamal had 24 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. 8 of 17 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3, and he played a whopping 39 minutes, which is which is a lot these days in the regular season. But honestly, to me, I think the key triumvirate of this game was uh, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and KCP. The reason why I call them the triumvirate of this game is because AG was a plus 16, KCP was a plus 16 as well, and Michael Porter Jr. was a plus 13. So those were by far the biggest difference makers in that category. And Aaron Gordon was 17, 5 and 5 on 6 of 8 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. And BJ scored 22 with 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 9 of 17 from the field. And KCP had 14 points, 5 of 9 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. And that brings us to the game I really want to talk about. But first, I'm going to take a break. All right, so it is now time to talk about that game from yesterday. Sunday, January 15th, which was Magic at Nuggets. Another W for the Nuggets. We won 119 to 116 off of a Jokic buzzer beater three at the very end. So I guess there's a lot to talk about in this game. I'm not sure if I should start at the end since I've already kind of begun to talk about the ending. But yeah, I'm just going to jump back a little bit. So the turnovers were the story of this game. Nuggets could not keep possession for... Uh, Lots of stretches. And honestly, I think what might have been like the biggest key to this game or the the big takeaway I had was um, something I already knew, but something that was just like, okay, this is so, this is such a factor, you know, with this team is the Magic are huge. They have so many guys that like six, nine and up, you know, like Paulo Bancaro is a legit like six, 10 barefoot. He's a big dude. Uh, both the Wagners are probably at least 6'10", maybe 6'11". Mo Bamba is like 7'1". Bol Bol, 7'2". Wendell Carter Jr. isn't quite as tall, but he he has a pretty wide body. You know, he's still a big guy. And he's, you know, I'm not saying he's short either. He's like 6'10". So yeah, they have a lot of big guys. In some of their lineups, they have Franz Wagner, who's pushing 6'11", like I said before. Um, running the two guard essentially, and then when you when you're looking at their actual natural guards, none of them are small either. Terrence Ross is like six seven, but like he could honestly maybe pass for six eight. Um, I noticed while watching this game, Gary Harris six four, Jalen Suggs is six four, Markel Fultz is at least six four. He might even be six five, you know. So no no small guys out there. All of those guys I just named are probably a little bit bigger than Bruce Brown, who's like 6'3 to 6'4, and he's playing the three a lot for the Nuggets. But yeah, the Wagners were real problems in this game. Uh, just looking at the box score, everybody on the Magic were in the negatives for plus minus, at least uh, from what I saw earlier in the starting lineup. I know for sure everybody was a minus, except for Franz Wagner, who was plus 21 in a game that they lose by three, that means they're a minus 24 in minutes when he's off. So that's a 45 point swing. Paolo was kind of a mess on defense, honestly, even though like, if you just look at their counting numbers, it doesn't seem like he had any worse of it. Like it, you could almost say like, just by looking at their counting stats, Paolo had the better game, but it was not even close. Like just from watching the game and looking at the numbers for, how the teams were performing while they were on the court. Like, yeah, this it was not even a close contest in that regard. But that's that's just kind of the point I'm trying to make with sometimes a lot of people just look at points, rebounds, assists. I'm sure people listening to this show probably know that that's not something that is very indicative of how great a performance is all the time. Like, yeah, that's very service level, and it's and it's obviously impressive to get a good number of all of those things. But there's much, much more to the game outside of that that really matters. So, yeah, I just thought that this was a great example of a time when 
you know, Paolo being 18 points on five of nine shooting and then comparing that to Franz's 19 points, but on seven of 16 from the floor, you know, some might say that the edge goes to Paolo there. Then you look at Paolo's a minus 16 while Franz is a plus 21. And just watching the game, there was plenty of moments where, you know, Paolo was getting a little bit distracted off ball, like he would, you know, fall asleep for a second off ball uh, on defense. And Zeke Naji would cut back door and get a wide open dunk in the paint and little breakdowns like that. And while Franz Wagner was out there on offense, he was just, he, he made the right, he made a lot of good reads, made a lot of good decisions with the ball in his hands. Um, especially when him and his brother are out there together, they just play so well together. Uh, which Mo, you know, I think he, I'm not 100% sure now that I'm thinking about it, but I, I know that he was at least second on the Magic in plus minus, but I want to say also he was the only other player on the Magic that had a positive plus minus besides Franz. And so he was a plus 13, eight points, five rebounds in 15 minutes. And then at least in starting lineup, the closest person to being positive that wasn't was uh, Gary Harris. So shout out to him. A former Nugget. He was a minus two. But yeah, he made a number of uh, pretty smart defensive plays. One in particular against Aaron Gordon where he drew a foul. And it just kind of reminded me of the fact that they were traded for each other. But yeah, looking at the Nuggets though in this game, Jokic was a plus 16 with 17 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists, 8 of 11 from the field in 35 minutes. So, you know, he was a plus 16, like I said. So that means we, we had to have been a minus 13 with him off, so that's a 29-point swing. Aaron Gordon scored 25 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 9 of 13 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, so he had a really good game against uh, his former team in the Orlando Magic. And then Jamal, 18, 4, and 7 in 38 minutes again. He's been playing a lot of minutes, like, for some reason. This whole season, really, I think that they should be easing those back a little bit. But MPJ... Scored 16 points, 4 of 8 from 3. Zeke and Bruce Brown were both good in this game off the bench. Uh, I forgot to mention for the Magic, Bull Bull scoring 18 points, or 17 points, rather, and 6 rebounds on 8 of 12 from the field. And yeah, so he was a minus 1. So he, I think he might have been the closest to positive out of the people on the bench other than Mo. Mo Wagner, that is, not Mo Bamba. DeAndre Jordan was not good in this game. He hasn't been in a lot of games, to be honest. You know, his signing this year in the offseason, I wasn't a big fan of it. And, yeah, it's on the floor. It's very rarely good. There's some matchups where he he can get in there and, and do some good out there. But there's so many times where he's just, he's not moving on the defensive end. He's not, like, contributing at all. And he's dropped so many rebounds out of bounds this season it's yeah he's just been a frustrating player i guess on an already pretty struggling bench unit so i'd rather just see zeke naji in there playing all those back of five minutes or like i've been saying since before the season uh we should stagger aaron gordon and Jokic's minutes even though they play so well together so it's i'm not like really advocating heavily for that because i think the strategy we've been going with has been working very well because of their synergy and their chemistry on the court. But Aaron Gordon would be a really solid option for like a, a backup five um, if you stagger the, their minutes, him and Jokic. So you could run a lot of the same sets uh, with Aaron Gordon getting like the ball at the elbows and kind of playmaking from there. If not him, then I think we should be running those kinds of things with Vlatko Chanchar. I think that would be really cool. I know I mentioned him earlier with that shirt that I got. Vlatko Chanchar is good. It's a very true statement. Uh, I just have always wanted to see more of him on the floor, and he's gotten he's gotten some more opportunities this year, and he's just been so good in so many of them. I, I feel like many people have no idea where he came from or, like, who he is a lot of the time, especially watching, like, national televised games. The announcers never say his name right. It's always – I mean, it's it's usually, like, Kankar, obviously, because it's C-A-N-C-A-R, but he's from Slovenia, so the C's are soft. Is that what you would call them? Because that's three. I, I'm I'm thinking of three sounds for a C, obviously, with the S sound. In English, that's probably more of the soft C. Regardless, the ch sound for a C. So chanchar. 
Uh, my favorite one was uh, Kenny on the TNT halftime show. Kenny Smith said canker <laughs> when he was referring to him. But and yeah, and just listening to podcasts too from the ringer and stuff when sometimes he's brought up because there's been I think there's a few people that really like him and they brought him up and then other people like Rob Mahoney. I, I heard say something about how he can be a frustrating player at times. Like I probably disagree with that more than I would disagree with like him saying that about any other player on the team other than like Jokic probably like I trust Vlatko in his role more than just about anybody on the team like he comes in he makes winning plays he's got great hands he's just one of my favorite guys in terms of when Jokic is passing like a no look dart at somebody like it's usually the best outcome when it's Vlatko especially when he's not even looking for it like he just has such soft hands and catches the ball it seems like every time um and he has amazing hands on like the defensive end as well he has such precise like he he gets so many insane blocks and strips and like you know just lots of just plays that make you go crazy as a as a fan you know he's like sneakily athletic he can jump pretty high he's like six seven six eight European obviously from Slovenia but this guy is incredible on defense too and that's something I feel like people don't know at all about him probably from looking at him I'd guess but like sometimes and even in years past like it's not just this season like when we've played the Bucks, like he'll randomly get a lot of minutes that game in those matchups because we just stick him on Giannis or against the Thunder this year, uh, he guarded SGA, probably just about as good as anybody's guarded SGA this season. So, you know, obviously very versatile, being able to defend a 6'11 Greek freak in, in Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then, you know, maybe the next game can switch it up and defend a 6'5 very elusive slashing guard in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So, yeah, I love me some Vlatko. And playmaking. I don't think I mentioned that, but he's a super good passer. It's just like he's a very skilled basketball player. He's got a lot of what you want. And I thought his greatest weakness for forever and like what was keeping him from getting playing time was his shot, like his three-point shot being not super reliable. But this season he's been like on fire, which reminds me to check those numbers because I haven't yet. But there's quite a few games in a row these past couple weeks where he was hitting everything just from what I saw. Yeah, so he's shooting 48% from three, 48.3. And this is something I didn't notice about last year. Apparently, he shot 58.3% from three, but that was on a very small sample because he only played 15 games last year. I think he broke his wrist, maybe, and then he also broke his nose or jaw. At a different, He had two different injuries that kept him out for a long time. And then when he was finally healthy, he Malone just wasn't putting him back in the rotation. But when he broke into the rotation early last season, was uh, he was he was playing really well. But yeah, I guess looking at his career numbers for totals, he's shooting forty one point four percent. So he's uh, forty six for one hundred and eleven. So you know, still not a huge sample. Um, I've heard as a general rule, I don't even know who this was from, but it was I think it was some broadcaster that was quoting a coach or something like that. He said, as like a general rule, you don't know how good of a shooter a guy is until he's shot 200 threes in his career. So, yeah, we haven't hit that mark yet, but he's looking pretty good so far. But yeah, 6'8", 236 for his height and weight, according to Basketball Reference. How long was that? That was a pretty nice long chunk of a podcast episode talking about Vlatko Chanchar, and I don't regret it at all. Another thing I wanted to mention about this game was... Uh, there was a breakdown that I saw. I can't remember at what point it was now that I'm thinking about it. But I think it was maybe in the third quarter. It was it was in a stint with Jokic off the floor where um, the Magic were, you know, mounting a bit of a comeback or a pretty big run. And it was a defensive possession where we were entering a zone. We had been on the last few possessions, if I can remember correctly. We had already been in the zone. But we were in it again, and... Uh, Bull Bull was just standing in the direct middle of the floor right in front of the basket and no one was around him and so obviously just got a wide open pass to him right underneath the hoop and dunked it without any contest because like DeAndre Jordan was 
occupied by a guy out in the corner. And then Zeke Naji on the other block was also stretched out onto somebody in the corner. And so then for some reason, like we had three guards on the top of the def- like three, two zone, you know, there, that, there's a reason that's not a thing. I don't think it's a thing. At least I've never heard of that. <laughs> and if it is a thing that it's definitely not played like that. Cause yeah, I don't know who was supposed to be the other guy on the baseline. Cause obviously it probably should have been more like a two, three with two guards on top. So I don't know. Christian Brown was up there on the top. Maybe it was his assignment. Not completely sure. He's been really good on defense, though, for the most part uh, in his young career. Um, yeah, they had three guards up on the top guarding two two players. Um, so, yeah, that was just one of those moments that makes you really frustrated, I'm sure, as a coach especially, but as a fan as well. But luckily, we are able to make it out of this game alive. The Magic are honestly not a bad team, like I said, with their size. Uh, and, you know, the thing I was saying earlier about the minutes defensively with Porter on the floor instead of Bruce Brown, how our lineups are actually surprisingly better defensively with Porter out there. And my theory for that last week was was that it just gives us superior size that we really need, more length to, you know, plug up passing lanes and get blocks and all those things, even though Michael Porter Jr. is definitely not the same level of, like, defender in technique and skill and IQ or any of those things as Bruce Brown, he has the size advantage for sure. And I think that's, that's where our defense needs help. I guess if that makes sense, because we have KCP out there doing his job and Jamal surprisingly has been not that bad defensively since coming back from his injury. I thought he would be uh, really, really struggling on that end while he's trying to get back into form, but he's been pretty passable um, out there. So yeah, I think MPJ works well in most matchups for that reason. And so it was surprising to see, well, not really surprising, but it was a little bit frustrating then to see Malone take MPJ out in the final minutes of the game to put in Bruce Brown for a clutch defense when the team we're playing has like four, six, ten guys. So yeah, that was a little frustrating. Bruce Brown got blown by, not really blown by, by Franz Wagner, but Franz Wagner is just a lot bigger than him and was able to drive to the rim and get a layup over him towards the end. And I, I honestly think Jamal did the right thing by taking that foul on Fultz with 15 seconds left. For those that don't know, it was a tie game, 116-116. No, actually, we were up one. Yeah, so it was 116-115, uh, Nuggets lead. And uh, the Magic inbound the ball. Nuggets are out of fouls to give, so the Magic are in the bonus. And Jamal commits an intentional foul. The broadcasters thought, like, oh, he must have thought we had a foul to give, like it was a mistake, which I don't know. Maybe he did, but the he didn't act like it was a mistake at all. Um, the, the entire time after he he fouled him, he looked like he knew exactly what he was doing, and he started going to shoot free throws. And it se- it looked like the coaching staff was communicating to Jamal, like, frustration that he shouldn't have done that. And then... <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. You should probably you could look up the video. Probably. I don't know if it's on YouTube if they clipped it or anything. But after Fultz shoots the first free throw, he and misses it. He misses the first one. Jamal like throws his hands up in the air and he's looking at at his coaching staff on the bench and he does a you know twirl of the hand into a bow, which was just funny to watch. But I yeah I I honestly think that strategy worked out not just because like obviously. It worked out because he missed the free throw. But I think it's better. Like, Fultz isn't a super reliable free throw shooter, especially under pressure. Like, that's pretty well known, you know, from his career. And especially since Michael Porter Jr. is not out there and we have Bruce Brent. Like, I, I especially didn't trust that lineup of five defensively to get a stop there. And I thought, you know, just stopping the clock. And, oh, yeah. And the other thing is, you know, you giving them the ball with 15 seconds left they can just run out the clock and take a last second shot. And I, I just don't feel great about our chances being able to get a stop there. So then if you foul, maybe Fultz makes them both, but at least we have the the last second shot and we have the ball with 15 seconds left down one, you know, and we're the best offense in the league. So I, I kind of like our chances there. So yeah, I honestly didn't think it was a blunder or anything like that for uh, Jamal to do what he did. But yeah, that's probably it for Nuggets Corner, to be honest. Uh, it was a good week. 
Oh, yeah, and I, I forgot to mention games coming up. So our next games, we got a back-to-back on Tuesday and Wednesday, the 17th and 18th, against the Blazers and the T-Wolves, both of those at home. And then we'll have a night off uh, before our game on Friday, the 20th against the Pacers at home as well, and another home game. <laughs> so this whole week will be a, a homestand. That game on Sunday, January 22nd, hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder. So a couple divisional games right off the bat with Blazers and T-Wolves, uh, both pretty important to win those. Not that I guess I, I would predict we would ha- ever be in a tie with them come the end of the season. I'm pretty comfortable in the prediction of the Nuggets winning the Northwest Division in terms of regular season record, but these would definitely be our two biggest challengers in that department. We got the Pacers on Friday, like I said, um, and then Oklahoma City, another divisional game. Um to finish it out on Sunday. So yeah, should be good. Hopefully we get four wins in there. I know it's it's a lot to ask to win both games of a back-to-back, regardless of who it's against. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, a couple weeks ago, we just had Minnesota on the second night of a back-to-back last time too. So two games in a row of facing them where we're on the second night of a back-to-back. Seems a little unfair, but... I guess I'm not sure if maybe maybe it's the same circumstance for them. They could be also on a back-to-back. But yeah, that's the week we got coming up. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Should be back to getting a normal episode next week with me and Jacob together for the whole thing. But yeah, appreciate anybody that listened all the way through. You're the best. So I guess I'll just leave you guys with stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you guys next episode. Mm-hmm.